My Mum Made Me, the show about the wonderful and sometimes the weird ways in which our mums make us who we are today. Hi, it's Paul here. I really hope you're enjoying the show and I'm going to ask you a favour if you are. Please do follow us. If you do, you'll get to hear all of the episodes first and of course it helps with my self-esteem. I'm only joking. Don't forget to rate us. We're currently on 4.9 stars, which is really exciting and every rating makes my mum, Teresa, laugh just a little bit more. I'm here today with the notorious Benny G from Manchester. Let's get into um, Unimum, but before we do, um, I always start with a little bit of a, a story um, mm. with a question. I'll say the question first, um, which is what would you, what would Benny, Notorious Benny G from Manchester, sorry, we need to get the proper <laughs> why did you Why did you choose Notorious? I don't know. I think, uh, why not? Why I'll not? take it. I'll take yeah, it. I'll take yeah. it. What would uh, Benny have done? Um, so my, <laughs> my mum, bless her. Um, she thought I was being bullied at school, mm. not in a kind of serious way, but like you know, everyone calls people's names at school and all the time. Whatever. Uh, and I think it was about thirteen or fourteen, and it was about summer. And she came and she said, "Oh, I've got you a place on this really fun play scheme for summer in Ilkley, which is like this part of Yorkshire." Um, and I said, like, "Oh, okay, fine." I know Ilkley. Yeah. Hasn't it got like a little waterfall? Ilkley. Little it's waterfall got a waterfall. It's got a song on Ilkley Moor Bar Tat without your hat in Yorkshire. Dialect. <laughs> I think I've been. It's got like a little stream where you can go sit in summer now. Yes, I've been. You've been. Well, there you know. I know. You, it. you know exactly where it is. Yeah. So when she said play scheme, what she meant was like um, a camp, like a summer camp, basically, but for like a week. Um, what she didn't tell me, but what I learned when I arrived was it was a summer camp for bullied school children. Oh. Bless her. <laughs> And I was like, okay, fine. I'll just like flow and ride with it. Um, what she also didn't tell me was that, and it wasn't true, there'd been a clerical error where I had been registered as a bedwetter um, and been put <laughs> in one of the bedwetting tents, which I think is really not on for two reasons. Number one, like, don't isolate us, yeah. like if you are a bedwetter. Number two, if everyone's wet in their bed, it's going to be a really wet tent. Yeah. And let me tell you, Benny, it was a really wet tent. <laughs> well, you're lying in another, another person's piss quite I, regularly. It, wasn't even, it, it, it gets worse than that. So, Go like, on. yes. But the worst thing is that, obviously, like, if you're a bedwetter at that, um, like, age, uh, you, have, you wear a little alarm in the night. Really? So the alarm goes off in a tent of like 10 people and then all you hear is like this beep 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 beep, beep, beep. <laughs> 10 people's alarms going off and you're like swimming in other people's piss basically yeah um and the rest of it was essentially not much better what would benny have done mm, see I... i've always been an outrageous kid i did get asked to leave asked to leave in inverted no. commas in, yeah yeah i went to like a nice school in manchester i'm obviously not gonna say it but um i was obviously such a problem child and i was not when you say problem um, child though like what do you mean i was just used to i used to hate being told what to do and getting like getting like do my top button up and all that shit i had to have a short tie i always had to be a bit different hence the stupid hair you know what i mean oh, I love it. Uh, thank you appreciate it uh so i always had to be different uh and when I was younger, obviously, it didn't really translate well. Like, you, you're not really good with rules. So, I probably would have done something naughty. What I want you to do, tell me your mum's name. Debbie. Um, you... Ah, you've already... Ah, fine. No, I've got a nickname for her. All do right. I want to keep it to myself? Keep your nickname to yourself for a, for a bit. Yeah. I'm going to try and guess it. Okay. What I'd like you to start with, um, Benny, is just paint us a mental picture of Debbie. Like, what she looks like, her demeanour. Give us a bit of sense of her personality. Uh, am I allowed to say a nickname now? Let me guess her nickname. I'm You'll wondering. never get it. All right, go on. Okay, so my mum 
is the best lady, I think, in, ever to walk the planet. I'm obsessed with her. She's so cute. We call every day. Yeah. Um, like, she knows I'm here. She'll ask me about it after. She's just great. So, my mum, what she looks like, her nickname is Mama Gyoza because she looks like a gyoza from from <laughs> from it from Itsu. Specifically Itsu, yeah. Um, specifically Itsu, yeah. yeah. She's an Itsu Gyoza, so she saved on my phone as Mama Gyoza. <laughs> um she is less than five foot. Wow. Um she's really cute and pretty. Mm. She's got great hair and she's fifty four. She's got great, great hair, loads of hair. Um, she wears these massive shoes, like similar to this, yeah. and walks around like waddles around in them because they're so big. <laughs> um, she's got a really high pitched voice, like she's like, "Hi, how are you? <laughs> I don't want to talk to you right now. I'm busy at work." Um, and just everything about her is so endearing. Yeah. Um, so she's really tiny, great hair, really well dressed. I'll show you her mum, my nana, who's like famous in Manchester. She's got like three hundred handbags. She eats out <laughs> for lunch every day. Uh, and she's just one of the most endearing people that I've ever met. And she works for Citizens Advice Bureau. Amazing. Because she's so cute and helpful. And she's always out like, actually helping to change people's lives. I know that statement's thrown around a lot, but that's what the whole purpose yeah, of the whole job is. Um, and she deals with crazy cases each right. day, like stuff you could never imagine. She used to be a travel agent, actually. Um, and... Then I think they went bust in the in the OG financial crash. You know the original bad boys, oh eight, oh nine. Yeah, um, the, back in the day. Let's let's see your nan. Let me show you nan. I've got a whole thing of her. She used to get hammered, but now she's got long COVID, so she can't get as pissed anymore. <laughs> it's fine. I think it was for the best. She used to get absolutely hammered, like really? effed up. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh my god, it's like a divine intervention. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and also, my mum's so special because my granddad, who actually passed away in in april or may this year he's a he's a holocaust survivor so he was in the concentration camps and everything so my mum's actually got and my family's got really special heritage so i think that will be down to helping people as well because we speak about it a lot in your family how did that knowledge um get passed down and how old were you when you kind of came to appreciate or understand and appreciate what yeah. that meant? uh it's always been part of my life from from what i remember so I was speaking to my, my best mate who I live with about this and he said, you were actually exposed to the Holocaust so so young when you're Jewish. Um, and I remember when I was a kid, my granddad used to come in my room and tell me all the stories about the war and everything. I think he just wanted to educate. But I think we worked out, he spoke to over like 10 or 10,000 children in his life if you accumulate it he used to go around to the schools or around the country and he was the first survivor in the uk to come out and and start telling his story so it's always been a big part of our life like it's one of the first things that i tell people because i'm so proud of him like there's never any embarrassment uh and there shouldn't be no i know i know but some people some people don't know the grandparents stories because the grandparents reserved my granddad made it his mission to go around every school as to as many as he can educate as many children um, so we've been to Poland to see where you've grow, grown up and everything. Um, so I think my mum having that, she probably she probably feels special. Like she'll never say it because she's amazing and not up her own ass or anything. She never like feels special. But to have that as your as your granddad is is um, amazing. And she's made it a mission to carry on his legacy after he's died. So she's um, 
taken over his business so he did he did um well after the war um we're getting a book made about him so she's taking all the responsibility on herself and so with the kids me and my two sisters like we're all here for it anything can do to spread the word of my granddad like that's the reason i'm doing what i'm doing now because yeah. eventually i want to be in a position where i can make shows yeah. about my granddad yeah. and you can have this weird boy with multicolored hair and <laughs> and shiny teeth and people were like no way is is this kid trying to educate us on on you know the holocaust and the lessons and that that is the main drive what i want to do it's all for my granddad because i i feel like i've got to do something special for him and so does my mum. she feels that way and also for like humanity as well yeah to put too fine a point in it but it's there's a question here um it, it's important because pretty soon unfortunately um people who survived the, the holocaust will all be dead and having that living memory has been so important i think for fighting basically fascists and nazis mm. like the world over but we won't have that and so it was really interesting to hear you talk about like mm. well my life's mission is to kind of have a create a platform so i can tell this yeah. story yeah the question is do you think that's how we can make sure that people don't forget yes definitely like it's down to the families and the and the people that really care. So my granddad recovered in Lake Windermere after the war. There's a guy there. It's called Trevor Avery. I'll also, any chance to shout out about him, I will. He um, set up the Holocaust Museum in Windermere for all the boys that recovered um, after the war there. And he's not even Jewish or or got any Jewish relatives or, or anyone that, that was affected by the Holocaust. But he found the story so touching. It's his life mission to make, make sure everyone knows and is educated. Uh, and then it's for the family members, I think, to carry it on. So it's so important, the lessons. Like, there's actually been so many, there's been so many tragedies in the world that are still going on. It's wild. And I think if you've got a direct or indirect representative of each of the tragedies, there's different things that you can take from each one to make you a better person and more appreciative. Yeah. So... He was a success story in the end. So, yeah, so it was... The fact that he survived. Yeah, the fact that he survived, but then he did well. So, I think... But, like, the main lesson I take is that if anything's pretty difficult, I just think about what he's what he survived. And, like, it's so weird to imagine being in this area where you're fenced off with barbed wire and there's armed guards around. And you, I know... And you're in striped pajamas, and you're hardly getting fed, and you're starving, and you see, and people, you're watching people die every day. I don't know how my granddad didn't have bad mental health, really. They may might have, he might have, but yeah, might have hidden it, maybe. But it never affected his life outwardly. Like, is his great? I'll tell you the best story now. This is what the best thing that you can learn. So. Um, he, w- he was on the death march. So a death march is when, so when. Um, the Nazis were being pushed back um, as Russians were advancing on the Eastern Front. So as they were getting pushed back away from the Eastern Front and, you know, the Russians were trying to catch up to them, um, they marched people, um, um, Jews and other people in the concentration camps away from them to, you know, uh, to keep them so they could burn evidence, to keep it like a workforce and all of that. So only 10% of people survived. And he found one garden pig during a death march on a derelict farm and he cooked it on a fire um, and so he boiled it in water and he split one garden pea into four pieces so it would last longer and if i'm ever thinking about 
oh, I wish this wish wish this had gone better, wish that had gone better. I think that is just perfect perspective. You know what I mean? So the fact that he had one P and he's fit into four so it lasts longer, like that is so hard to fathom and I don't think I ever will. I hope. And I think that that story just encapsulates what a Holocaust survivor is and the lesson you can take from it. Yeah. So it's just about being grateful. I'm sort of blown over by that story. Yeah. Um, I feel a bit choked off, actually. No, don't worry. It's inspirational story. Yeah, exactly. What a wonderful human. I would have I know. loved to have met him. I know, look, he lived to... Na- look, he was successful. He lived to 96, had a sexy wife. <laughs> Tra- yeah, it's... Tra- Amazing. Yeah, travelled travelled the world. Yeah. Um, had three grandkids, you know, always around him. It's pretty crazy because you've got this figure in your life that is... He he's so well respected in the Jewish community, um, and my mum's friends are mainly part of the Jewish community. So I think growing up as a having that as you as your granddad is uh, sorry as your dad is really special. So I think she only absorbed the best parts, and she's like this most the most amazing lady, and she, um. I think that has probably contributed to a caring nature and wanting to help people and making sure that all the kids are doing good because I think my mum, more than anyone, will have the best perspective on what's important and what's not. She's been so amazing, so she's never seen it as like a burden or something that overshadows her. Um, she just wants all the family to be together. She looked after him until the day he died. She's taken over all his business stuff and she's smashing it. Um, just having just what was his what is so, his business? So he said it was called Japinda. So Jack, Pinky, and David. So three Holocaust survivors. He started uh-huh. a luggage business, uh, and they manufactured suitcases and baggage, and it did it did well. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, exactly. Um, so my mum, from when my granddad got dementia and when he was sick, she took over everything. Nana, bless her, is useless with that stuff. But you can't have it all. You can't have. Not uh, 300 you, bags and a business. <laughs> exactly. Like, Nana is, like, angelic. In terms of her having him as a dad, I think she was just is so grateful for him, what he did, and um, that he survived, and what he, yeah, and what he built for her, so she knows that um, she could she could only let him have the best end. And, and he did. He died in his sleep, happy, 96. And he did everything that he wanted to, so. That's what family's for, isn't mm. it? Now, we're going to get on to talk about your mum in a second, mm. but we do have a new section called, it's a bit tortuous, forgive me, conundrum. Like conundrum. Mum. Conundrum. Mum. Conundrum. Yeah, conundrum. I can do it, I can do it. Can and do it. so it's basically uh, mums in the news. Now, I love reading um, basically like the British tabloids mm. press coverage of mums. Mm. Um, and today's article... I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's, it's from the Mirror, and it's about Stacey Solomon. Love, big up, my Jewish up. sister. Exactly. Is she? No, she's not from Manchester. She's from Essex. No. Anyway, um, the, the, uh, let me read your headline a little bit of it, and I want to get your take because I think this is important stuff, Benny. Um, Stacey Solomon, mum shamed after sharing family photo but leaving one member out. So it goes on. Stacey Solomon has been mum shamed after she posted a family photo with one member absent. Started to her Instagram page where she shared the sweet snap, which featured her alongside her husband, Joe Swash. I can't even say his name. Joe Swash. Is she married to Joe Swash? She's married to, I didn't know this when I read that's, it. First that's time. a lot of London accents in that house. I wonder I what know, the kids imagine. are going to talk, talk like, yeah. Well, their sons are called Leighton, Zachary, Rex, and, Ro- uh, and daughter Rose, which I think is quite <laughs> So she's uh, she posted a photo, uh, and the caption was, Mar- I'm not even going to do her act. Can you do a Stacey Solomon accent? 
it's like a bit Essex isn't God. it like she's always it's giggling God, it's always like yeah she's, she's always giggling like you know like I just when I was on I'm a celebrity <laughs> like I loved it and I, I'm so happy I want to know I'm queen of the jungle was she queen of the jungle I think so oh good for her maybe well, that's anyway. where she, she might have met Joe there because that's where you used to I think yeah 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 that's maybe do you think it's a showmance or it's like a real romance I mean uh, they have had kids together yeah they? I think it's chilling well, she posted the picture and she said, my heart finally, finally managed to get us all in one picture. It's the strangest, most amazing feeling, thinking how they all started out like bump and now Zach has outgrown us all, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, um, fans noticed that Joe's son, Harry, wasn't in the snap. One fan said, and I will do an accent for this because this is how I think this fan <laughs> sounds. One said... Not all. You're missing Joe's son as well. He should be included. <laughs> and a second wrote, no hate at all. Love you all. But just curious, does Joe's son ever feel left out when you post stuff like this? Or is is it his choice not to be posted sending all stuff? I think that's a really hateful, but the first one is a bit yeah. like whatever. Bless Stacey. Um, what's your take? Is mum shaming a thing? Uh, do you know what I found pretty crazy? It's along the same lines, but I won't quite call it mum shaming. Uh it a lot of people like that when they meet my parents who are both amazing by the way they've been together since they were 20 like yeah they're so in love my dad's from south africa and my mum's from manchester they met on holiday and i I work all the family we're just all obsessed with each other um people ask my mum and my dad that me and me and my two sisters who's your favorite i'm like and my dad's like how can you ever ask me that i don't have a favorite yeah so i think it it comes back to it comes back to that. So if you ever said that one of your kids is your favourite, I think that's so wrong. And what, and what Stace is doing is nowhere near as explicit as that. I think, so it, she's, she's not the mum of the other kid. No. No, right. When a mum has carried a baby or adopted a baby and, and you know, nurtured it, um, or even a cesarean because she's posh, um, <laughs> like... That is such a different relationship to, um, have to another kid that's not her own. So, I think the mum shaming is wrong there. Yeah. But I don't know how Stacey treats that kid normally. So how can how can I comment on I that? Think she's like the wicked stepmother. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if she is. If she's mean, then then okay. it's not on. It's not on. But she may do wonders for that kid and and be as much as a, of a mum as she can be even though it's not her kid but if you're uploading a family photo and it's not your kid the, like the keyboard warriors can just like piss off on that I one know. i've got no time for that yeah it's such like a tabloid story isn't yeah it? they do this they pick up on like a tiny tiny thing yeah turning a bit more to debbie are there <laughs> let, let's say parts of you yeah. your personality or stories that your mum perhaps doesn't know <laughs> i thought about this so uh i basically tell my mum everything so do my sisters like you know what i mean like i've been out with this girl um got an sti um got no money can you help me out you know all that all that stuff is uh i'm so open about so it's really hard for me to keep a secret so the things that i do keep secret are really minimal but there are some good stories oh yeah okay are we gonna get one of them <laughs> yeah for sure for sure so <laughs> it's only a little one yeah. that i thought of off the top of my head but um we, my, my dad's south african so we went we went away 
um, in November we go every year and um, we're staying in this boutique hotel. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So it was only like 10 rooms or something. Oh my God, wow. um, Are we talking like White Lotus vibes? Uh, I've not seen it, but probably. Okay. <laughs> and like throughout my life, um, like my parents have always let girls stay over girls that I like and all this, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then when I was being a dick, they used to be like, well, no girls can say because you've been a dick to them. You know what I mean? So I don't really, and now I live by myself, so it's a bit different, but we're staying in a hotel and it's a boutique hotel and they said, please don't bring anyone back. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I went on this night out to a beach club in Cape Town. Um, I've got loads of friends there because I'm from there. And then um, I met this beautiful girl called... Oh, I can't even remember her name. Oh my god. Queen, Queen, Queen. Queen. Queen, Queen. So Queen. She How was you forget a name yeah, like Yeah, I know, I know. So Queen. And I was a bit drunk. Like I try not to get pissed anymore, but yeah. you know, I was I was on holiday. And I was like, okay. Queen, you're gonna have to come back to mine because I was like, I'm obviously not going back to yours. Mm. It's still Africa, baby, you know, you gotta be careful. Yeah. I was like, you can come back to my hotel. So we, I got a taxi back. <laughs> And mum and dad were asleep, like, in the room, just, like, that, down the hall. And so we snuck Queen back. Uh, and me and Queen went up to my room. The security, my guy, was there. And I was like, he didn't really clock, really, what was going on yet. So we went into my room. Um, and she had this food with her queen. Um, she had, a, like, a like a, a takeaway, lemon rice. It was so random. And she was eating it all in the taxi. It all went, like, went down my shirt and everything. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but it's a good part of the story. Um, and I was like, queen, that looks really nice. What is it? She was like, in the South African accent, it's like, oh, it's lemon rice. I was like, oh, amazing. Um, we did the bits in my room, um, all safely, obviously. Yeah. Love you, ma'am. So we put her in the taxi and... But just before she went, have you got my food? I'm so, she's like, I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. And I was thinking, I was hungry and the lemon rice looked really nice. <laughs> and I said, you ate it all, even though it was next to my bed. So we put Queen in the taxi um, and she left. And then I went back to my room and ate a lemon rice. Oh my God. <laughs> um, and, and then the next day we hadn't discussed about any like girls coming back to the hotel. And the next day my parents were like, because I was going on a date, they were like, don't bring anyone back to the hotel that was like yeah. i won't yeah. so mom little guy was a i'm sorry but it just had to be done i guess <laughs> <laughs> i think do you think um eating her lemon rice will now become an analogy lemon rice not lemon rice lemon L- lamb oh lemon yeah. rice yes. said lemon no rice. lemon rice sounds horrible you must be like what's this guy on lemon <laughs> rice like, well, lemon no rice i don't even like when lemon. people squeeze lemon on the food i'm like that's weird i hate it i was like sorry yeah. queen yeah you all and she was Sweet. like she was like oh fuck's sake i was like it's fine <laughs> <laughs> what happens if queen listens to this now um we've got some listeners in south africa you know amazing i'm here for it um Queen, I'll see you. I'm coming back in, in March. I'll see you then. Hey, you better hide your lemon rice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lemon or lemon rice. Yeah, I better hide your lemon rice. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but honestly, I find it so hard when people say, oh, what's something that you've never told your parents? Because anything, literally no, no secrets whatsoever. If it wasn't for my mum, I would have had to leave London. Yeah. Um, I might not have made it here in the first place. Yeah. Following my dream would be a lot harder. Um... I might be in, I might be in jail or something stupid. I've had some bad friends growing up. Not bad, you know what? I'm mature. They're not bad people, but they weren't great for me. Yeah. Um. 
So she's always been my advisor. So yeah, I would say she's the centre. I call her every day. And I know my sister does as well, my little sister. My older sister's a bit more independent, but we're still all in contact. Two questions. Mm. What do you think makes Debbie different from... And who would play Debbie in a biopic <laughs> of her life? <laughs> I know I know the biopic one is it's great. But let's do um what makes a difference. Yeah. See, I'm sure Pete you ask for everyone this question and people come on and be like, She's so caring, she's so amazing, mm. blah blah, she's so crackers and all this. So I think they're pretty pretty niche. If you realise where Debbie's come from and it's my granddad and it is a Holocaust survivor and she has has then really accepted the legacy of a Holocaust survivor and taken over the business part and the education part. And she's willing to do that whilst working, mm. whilst making sure her three kids are all right, making sure my dad's not having like an OCD attack. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what makes her really different is she is a first generation Holocaust survivor of a survivor who went round schools as the trailblazer the first one to speak out about the stories and that's why i love deb so much because she said you know what i've got these amazing kids i've got an amazing husband my dad's amazing this is now mine and i'm gonna organize it and she organized the funeral his funeral everything so i think that's why she's different from other mums because not many mums can say that she's got superpowers yeah exactly um I've never met a four foot nine person with superpowers, but I guess, <laughs> I, I guess, I guess are that's there it. Any, like, yeah, yeah. Are there any short superheroes? Yeah. I reckon Spider-Man is probably quite short. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is the kid who plays him now? Tom Holland. Yeah, Tom, Tom Holland's quite short. Yeah, exactly. So she's basically him. Uh, people always say she looks like Helena Bonham Carter. That's great. Yeah, in it. So she looks like her in a way. I guess she does. So I think visually, Helena. Yeah. But then in terms of character, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say Danny DeVito, but I could, <laughs> I could never do that to She'll be pissed off. Oh, uh, Debbie no. DeVito. Yeah, Debbie DeVito. <laughs> no, she'll be pissed off. I think what, the first thing I thought about was Helena. Or is it Helena or Helena? Helena. Yeah, Helena. Because they do look really similar. And every time I see Helena and her friends say this as well, like, like that's Debbie. Um, but I think if you want like a a really acute but emotional and inspiring character that you just want to give a hug <laughs> i really want to say danny devito but i can't <laughs> should we say danny devito let's do danny yeah. devito because I, because he's got that, that he's yeah. so endearing and he's little and yeah he's so like he's little and he's endearing and he comes out with like these funny crackers and everything and I think he does everything with a smile on his face and that's Debs and she's just so great. I've got um, two fan questions and one question for my mum. Okay. I'm going to put my mum's question first. Go for it. Laugh. Go for it. Bearing in mind, so my mum's nearly 70. Yeah. M- mum says... <laughs> Go on. So I showed her your... I sent you a link yeah. uh, to you. She said, what is TikTok and who is Judge Rinder? <laughs> <laughs> How do you explain TikTok and Judge Rinder? Okay, let's do TikTok. Her, let's yeah. do TikTok first. So TikTok is a bit of a social media, not a bit, a very much, <laughs> a, it's a massive 
social media phenomenon really like it's broken into the mainstream um social media platforms which is very prestigious because there's only like four other ones i'd say and it's now become the main one that Gen Z are a fan of and that what brands really want. Yeah. Good. Now explain Judge Rinder. Okay, Judge Rinder, <laughs> uh, what's your mum called? Teresa. Teresa. Yeah. So Teresa, if you've ever seen Judge Judy um, on daytime TV, he, Judge Rinder is the UK equivalent. So Judge Rinder is a character played by Rob Rinder who is a qualified barrister and he sits and um, judges and mediates civil disputes really um so it's shown on daytime tv i think it was on itv2 how, how do you know him itv2 um his granddad and my granddad recovered from the holocaust together oh, so wow. rob Brind does a lot of holocaust work yeah so and um, we meet up occasionally um so yeah and rob rinder s- sits over these civil disputes and it's shown on daytime tv and it's like y- you stole my cat and you're not giving it back. It's that type of stuff, and it's hilarious, um, and it's great, and then he tries to resolve it. You've, in in a way that he, and indeed your mum and you, educate people, you've educated him on sort of like Gen Z culture a little bit, haven't you? Yeah, exactly, like... Uh, what was the word that you taught him? Leng. Leng! <laughs> Leng, it's a great word, yeah. So Rob is a big fan of um keeping up to date with what the next generation yeah. want. So we I teach some words and I film it and he he tells me if he knows the definition, if he doesn't and yeah it's just it's just great. But he loves being in touch with the next generation. Two fan questions. Go on. Um <laughs> I think you quite like this one. Go on. You live in London, but from Manchester, what's better, north or south? Oh that's some of my TikTok questions. Okay, mm. I love this. Right. So um there's nothing better than the mix, right? I love being a northerner down south. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. My life, I was born and raised in Manchester. I've got friends who are multimillionaires, and I've got friends that have come from council estates, and my friendship group was from them and everything in between. Yeah. And I think in London, it can be a bit more difficult to have that crossover. So I'm so grateful for that. And I love all my friends there. And it was a smaller place in London. So you always bump into people. You meet up with people easily. But as a city, London is amazing. Maybe the best city in the world. Oh, I don't know what your TikTok followers are yeah, thinking about no, that. No, they oh, know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I love... I love I love London. I'm yeah. so inspired. I walk around central London and I'm just getting endorphins. Yeah, exactly. Like I get turned on by London. I fucking love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's great. I'm I'm I find it so inspirational. So many people um doing doing their own stuff and it, it just makes you want to do your own stuff. But I love to having that northern heritage where I can take a step yeah. back and I'm not going to be one of those dickheads that runs for the tube even though there's one every minute. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so pushes the buttons. Yeah, People yeah, who push yeah, the buttons. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm so happy I've got that northern heritage where I can take a step back and be like, wow. So that's London. But then the south as a whole, uh, never would I want to be from fucking Surrey or Kent or anything like that. Um, the home counties are not are not the one. I've got lovely friends from there, yeah. but like that upbringing compared to Manchester, no. You lack all the richness that you've had growing up in a city like Manchester. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you'd actually have to cut both my bollocks off before I lived there. Like <laughs> growing up there, like I'm so, so happy as being a northerner. I'm obsessed. 
So, well, yeah. I, I have actually worn, the listeners won't be able to see this, but people who watch um, perhaps this social clip will. I've actually worn my little um, Yorkshire White Heart. Yeah. Just for you, Benny. <laughs> Did you actually? Yeah. Ah. Because so much of like what you do um, yeah. online and what I've seen is about like your sense of heritage and identity from yeah. the North. And in spite of this ecking accent that I've got right now, I am a Bradford boy yeah. at heart. Yeah. I'm a Yorkshire lad at heart. Um, final question. Um, what do you think of Rishi Sunak? Uh, oh. Rishi struggles to understand what someone from Bradford's like. Right. Rishi struggles to understand what someone's life is like in Bradford. Rishi has been really privileged growing up. I know he's got this mad rich wife as well. So, however much he tries, he'll always have that disconnect because he doesn't know what proper hardship is. Like, I, I'll admit myself, I don't know what proper hardship is. I've had shit moments of my life, but I've been well supported. So, I, th- I think someone in his position will never be able to please so much of the population because he's got that disconnect. And like I said, however hard he tries, he won't be able he won't be able to connect with them. And everything he seems to do comes back to the maths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like I watch him speak and I see stuff going around the internet and there's all this shit show and he gives you loads of numbers and what the plan is and when it's gonna be done by. But I don't trust any politicians. So I never vote for any of the of the major parties. I always vote for you know, like a cute one on the side that I want to do well. He took a private jet to Leeds. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't know the distance from London to Leeds because he's never been outside. Exactly. Well, I mean, his constituents in Yorkshire, but still. Who takes a private jet to... It's a two-hour bloody train. I know. It's a nice train anyway. I I know. Look, he's led this life. He's he's disconnected. He'll only... He can have his lessons and educate himself on, on people, like real people in the UK, but he'll never understand what it's like so he's always gonna have that that barrier uh and then other than that i don't really care like yeah. i just don't really care i'm I'm never one to have like these really strong no. political opinions um like i said i vote for the cute one on the side that le- that needs a bit of love yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but people want you to have political opinions they want you to be yeah. i swear down until i meet or see a politician that I, I've got a real affinity with, and I'm like, yeah, that is a bit of Benny G right there. Unless we've got that, then, then okay. I just don't don't really give a fuck to be honest. Yeah, we're coming to the end of our time together. Um, final question for me: What do you want to say to Debbie to make her know that you love her? I tell her every day, but is this message okay, Mum? I hope you're listening. Mom, I'm grateful for you every single day. Hence why I call you every single day. Can't wait to see your little girl's face on FaceTime later on. Thanks for supporting me, letting me follow my dreams, giving me my two sisters, looking after Grandad before he passed, RIP the legend, um, looking after Nana, who's also my best friend, and allowing her to have many more meals at San Carlo. Mm-hmm. And... I don't think she would ever she ever needs to change because she's been so great all her life and I'm absolutely obsessed with you and I can't imagine having anyone else as my mum. So hurry up, sell the gaff in Manchester, move to London because that's the plan. Oh. That's the plan. And come come be with your boy little Benny. Oh my God. And, and also, thank you, Debbie, for giving the world Benny G. <laughs>
Benji, that's a wrap. <laughs> yeah, that is a wrap. Thank you. Amazing. My Mum Made Me, the show about the wonderful and sometimes the weird ways in which our mums make us who we are today. <laughs>